Hello. Once again, the doors of the bar are open. Uh, today, we talk about reviews. How important are they? What do you do if you get a bad review, especially if it's an unjust one? Light meters. How important is it to know your stuff when it comes to using light meters and profile pictures? You need them. We all need them. But how often do you need to take them? Well, hello, everyone. Um, it's great to talk to you guys again. But before we get into all of those stories, um, Cam's just got something he would like to remind you guys about. I do, guys. Um, if you enjoy the show, uh, please make sure to support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and TikTok, all of which will be linked in the show notes. And also don't forget our Patreon as well. Um, some fabulous stuff that's going to be going on there as well. Uh, please leave us a five star review on your favorite podcast apps uh, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts, whatever it is uh, that you listen on. And with all of that, Mark, how are you? I'm all good. Thank you very much. It's another busy week. Um, how about yourself? You're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. You're you're I know you're busy with shoots, and yeah. um I'm pretty much uh working from home, really catching up on a load of uh office stuff and admin stuff that I've been able to do. I, I cleared a period in August of of shoots to be able to catch up to do all of this because he's sitting on his bum, everybody. That's yeah, I, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. And you know what I've discovered though, Mark, I've got more to do than I thought I had. Mm. Catch up on thing because you you do one thing which leads to another and you think, oh, I've still got to sort this out. And then you remember I've got to sort this out. And then I've got to uh I, I need to refresh some Excel sheets because it's to do with accounts, all sorts of stuff, you know, happen. Yeah. So I've sort of uh, been clearing this this period uh, this month to be able to do that, and um, uh, I've intentionally done that after the the really intense period and year that we've had. So, and I had to force myself to do this. But you've been running around everywhere, haven't you, with your uh, with your camera? And I hear that you've also um, uh, damaged your camera as uh, well, your precious yeah. Canon R six. It, and it's but it's completely my fault. And I tell you what, everybody, this is definitely a lesson learned. So, um, basically. Um, for those who use Canon and the Canon flash, you probably know there's that little rubber rubber bit that goes around the bottom of the flash, where, which connects to the hot shoe adapter on your camera. It came off. Um, I put it back on. It then came off again. And I thought, forget this. It's just staying off. Big, big, big bad decision, guys. Okay. Because what that rubber foot actually does, um, it protects your uh, your hot shoe adapter from basically coming off um because it just stops the the weight from sort of peeling it off as it were um the weight from the flash gun uh, to the hot shoe adapter now i have to say um i've i've had a flash gun without that rubber foot on my dslr for years and it's not really been a problem um so it's bit of an eye opener i think this flash gun is actually a bigger flash than my previous one just slightly so that might be why um but yeah it's got to go off for repair because i didn't look after it very well so i've only got myself to blame and I'm yeah a bit annoyed. Uh, you have mark however what i would say is though is that, that your camera takes a hell of a bashing you know uh <laughs> you know i mean the amount of use that your camera gets you know mm. it's professional wear and tear 
Yeah. yeah, a lot of people have got a camera like that. That the the you know you probably have used yours in the last week more than a lot of people will do in a two a two year period. Wow, yeah, you know, this is I'm mean, serious. Is, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah serious you know, shooting. Yeah, uh, our cameras, you know, and you can't expect you know these things to you know um, function without some sort of it's wear and tear. Okay, yes, you yeah. could say it's carelessness. You could have done this. You could. I have should done have that, had that rubber foot on, basically. Yeah, That's what course. I should have done. Yeah, but you know yeah. what though? I mean, this is another thing about having two cameras on site. You know, I of knew course. it was kind of dodgy, but it was working on Monday. Uh, it was fine. I put it on for a shoot today. Um, and it was even more, the flash was so wobbly, it wasn't connecting. And I just quickly switched to my other camera and it was fine. Also, and I'm not too sure if I should be admitting this, you know, AI, we've been, we talk about AI quite a bit. You can get these silly things. I was turned into a Ken doll the other day. <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to post it on our on our socials here. I don't know, I might do now. Oh, we've got to say it. it. Yeah, yeah got to say it. I'm looking pretty smooth. Um, <laughs> quite literally. <laughs> oh, we've got to see, we've got to see that. Yeah. Now, wonders Mark, of AI. Before we get into the, the meaty part of the show, uh, Mark, I picked up on a, uh, a social media story uh, yesterday and um, and uh, somebody has also just sent me a, a photo of it in, in probably the last two or three minutes. And I know we're on this same group, Mark, and I don't know if you've seen, but uh, it's a picture of a, of a bride and groom holding hands. That is a generic, that's a stock picture. But the, the the tag that goes with it says, bride demands refund after wedding photographer slept with her husband. Ooh. Now, I came across this story yesterday and apparently um, it's it was the second shooter that was the the one who slept with the bride. Now, I only just skimmed through the story very, very quickly, put it to one side, then moved on. And now someone sent me this. I thought, oh, actually, maybe it's a little bit more, a bit more to it than that. Now, if any of you are looking on social media, I think you're probably going to be able to find this or, or research it. Because uh, the tag that comes on, it says bride demands refund after wedding photographer slept with her husband. Uh, I don't know any more than that other than it was the second photographer. There's some dialogue from the photographer that's on this social media stuff and whatever. But um, I'm going to look it up for the uh, for the next episode, but we will talk about it. But yeah, uh, shock, shock story Ooh, there. There's always, um, a, there's always a wedding story to tell, isn't there? And there's always well, something going on in the wedding world. We do a lot of weddings. Come, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would guess that the majority of people that listen to this show are, well, the majority, they're, they're probably self-employed photographers or hobbyists yeah. that would like to be, you know, working within the photography industry, maybe, you know, we've got a whole mix of people listening to it. Okay. Yeah. But now I wanted to talk about um, online reviews and, um, and the things that we need to be aware of as photographers for, of online reviews, mm. the benefits, the pitfalls, um, have you come, have you, how involved are you with online reviews? Have you come across, wow. you know? Um, okay. So, I mean, just to go back to it, I think what sparked this conversation between us two really about reviews was there was, um, there was, there was an article I read about someone who went onto TikTok who had a really bad experience with a wedding photographer. Now, by the sounds of the story, yeah, the wedding photographer hasn't really done very well here. Um, however, um, we we only have one side of this story. And this is kind of what to talk about it, because reviews are very one-sided generally. And 
you do have to be careful with them. Now, this uh, TikToker said she spent $3,000 on this photography. She showed, I've only really seen three photos from this on her videos, and those photos don't look very good. They're out of focus, and the bride doesn't look great, and all this kind of stuff. And apparently, the photographer hasn't done very good aftercare sales with this either, um, because basically... He's just saying there's nothing, that's it, nothing, nothing to see here kind of thing. Whereas if, if the rest of the photos are like that, there is. Um, but we live in an age now where you know, social media is very much part of every, everybody's life. And that includes online reviews, really, you know, whether it's Google reviews, whether it's on Facebook, TikTok, or the others, you know what I mean? So, you know, we, 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 we always like to have good reviews. Of course we do. Um, I'm not as proactive as maybe I should be <laughs> with it. Um, I, I get people to fill in satisfaction forms after family photography and stuff like that. And I'm always getting nice reviews there, but I'm I'm really bad at getting people to go, can you just shove it online for me as well, please? I'm just not very good at it. What I wanted to really pull this up on is, again, it's, this isn't just something about the photography industry, although we are both photography uh, pro- professionals and that's the industry we're in. Our, and it was just really how you think about the etiquette is on, on dealing with good reviews, bad reviews, and all that kind of stuff. Now, um, I was uh, about, uh, yeah, about six, seven months ago, I, I've just, I just moved into a new area um, and I need to get my car MOT'd. And I was looking at different reviews for different garages. And, you know, some of these, uh, you know, some of them had bad reviews and it was only on a couple Okay, so some of these reviews were kind of like essay size. You know what I mean? This didn't happen, that didn't happen, and they did this, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it was only on some of them where the garage actually replied and said, no, actually, that's not what happened. We offered this to you, and you didn't do this, and blah, 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 blah. So there was two sides of the story, and you kind of go, okay, so you, you, you read that bad review, and then you read the other side of it, and you go, well, actually, <laughs> you know, you, you're reading both sides of it, whereas generally you don't see that, do you? So... Um, I remember when I was at Venture and we had a review about the costs. Now, Venture are expensive. There's no doubt about it. And I always remember the first tagline on this review was Venture is a money making machine. And I was thinking, well, yes, that's exactly what it is, because it's a business. Mm. Otherwise, they go under. And there's this big thing about how it was. And I said to my boss, it was about the studio I was working at, and I said to my boss, you know, we should reply to this because this is outrageous. And he was like, no, no, just just leave it. It'll go away, blah, 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 blah. Now, that was back in, I don't know, 2008, maybe, that kind of time, a long time ago. Um, And when I see a bad review, it's very rare you get someone actually going, no, that's not what happened. This is what happened. Now, should that be the case? Should that be what it is? Or should we... Should we actually have the courage to go, you know, if it's an unjust bad review, should we have the courage to go and reply to that review saying, actually, no, this is not on. This is not what happens. This is what happens. Mm. Um, and yeah. likewise, if it's a good review, having a nice reply and stuff, you know, so you get like the full full story. What, what do you think? Um, I think that it's like when you book a holiday. So let's look at a different industry for a moment. I mean, you said when, mm. you know, when you were looking for car and MOT. Yeah, me, MOT. Whenever I book a hotel, um, uh, you know, I will always look at reviews. I'll go to TripAdvisor, find out a little bit about it, find a bit about the area and the reviews. And you do trust yourself finding uh, trust. You do find yourself looking at these reviews and you do 
trust those reviews um mm. i think it's just human nature you buy something on amazon so if i'm looking up something on amazon i'll scroll down to the bottom see how many stars it's got and i'll read some of the reviews and you know you'll get your five star reviews you get your one star reviews for the same product you get you get all of those and people venting off i think it's mm. a bit different with amazon because they're buying people are people are reviewing their experience of a product whereas say with in our case a lot of the time and say with hope you know hotels to a certain extent it, you know it's down to service so well and the product as well i guess and the product as well yeah photographs isn't yeah. It, at the end of the day so you imagine somebody goes on holiday and 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 they've had programs about this haven't they on uh, mm. uh on tv where uh families and people go on holiday and the only reason why they go on holiday is is that they they go to complain. So mm. they're looking that they spend their whole holiday looking to find something to complain about. Yeah. You know, um, you know the uh, you know the, the the taps are too hot. You know, mm. I, I, I want to change room. You know, and I'm sure, just uh, as a caveat, I'm sure these people are a minority. This is not what people generally do. But. Not what people generally do, but there are people that do that. You know, and mm. but people will complain about any this or thing. Of course, when they are mm. not happy about one thing, they're not happy about nothing, something else. Another thing, and and on the news here in the UK recently, there's been, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, the news stories of people fighting over sunbeds at hotels. You know, <laughs> and, I haven't really heard it. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and and there was a real brawl uh, at one uh, at one of the hotels and people looking for sunbeds now all of those hotels are most likely possibly going to be getting a bad review you know Mm. or a review of some sort oh the hotel didn't do this the hotel didn't do that they didn't imply you know supply enough sunbed all of those things okay so Mm. um so there are reviews happening everywhere as far as photographers go i know that at the same time although there are a lot of reviews there are uh, there, there are a lot of. Re- I've been meaning to write hundreds of reviews, and I've very mm. rarely written a, re- a review. Okay, yeah. I'm guilty of not writing reviews, and yet mm. I want my customers, I want our customers to review us. But yeah. I don't, I don't do it in return. No, I don't. <laughs> and 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 with all the best sort of you know will in the world and and the best intentions, people say, yeah, we would. I've had emails from people saying. Please let us know where we can write a review. We'd love to write a review about you. And uh, you say, here it is. And and they never do it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and it's such a shame. And it's not because they've not wanted to. It's just because, hey, I'll get round to it. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. a lot of reviews that you read can be negative because people are very quick to complain and Mm. vent off about something. Well, this is the thing I was just about to get into, actually, with these. It's generally people who want to, like you say, vent or feel they've been aggrieved um, or actually just want to, you know, it it can be used as a threat as well. Mm. I've seen that. Um, If you don't do what I want you to do, I will write you a bad review. I've seen that a lot of times, Um, uh, which... So that's why generally reviews are negative, I guess. Um, People are more likely to write a negative review than than, than a positive one. Uh, But how do you deal with that? So if you feel that someone has written a review about your business and it's unjust, Mm. how do you deal with it? Okay, so I I can relate to this not from the review point of view, but certainly emails of complaints that have been sent in. I'm going to be completely open and honest mm. here, okay? Otherwise, it's pointless having this podcast mm. or having this conversation. Now, as people know that where you and I are involved in, in graduations, and we're talking about graduation photography, big numbers of people. Yes, 
Yes, and, as we discussed a couple of pods ago, didn't we? Uh, yeah, exactly. And we um, recently, Mark and I, were working at an event and and we, we are the, the organisers of the event. So we're not necessarily just working there as the event. We are some of the prime organisers of this whole event coming together. So w- we reckoned that the event we were shooting at over a period of a few days, there, we, there were probably about 28,000 people there mm. and a lot of photos taken. And when I counted the files that were taken, um, there were anything between... 50 and 100,000, 105,000 files, I think I got Mm. to. Okay. So that's a lot. It's a lot lot of people. Okay. It's a lot of people to keep happy. Now, undoubtedly, you are going to get people complaining. You are going to get some of those people saying, I don't like the way I look. And normally it's that it's, I don't like it. Mm. And more often, more often than not, and again, I'm going to be completely honest here. Okay. With everything more often than not, it's females. Guys very rarely do this. Okay. And yeah, you know, and, um, and look, whether or not I should say or not, but but the vast majority are okay. Now I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying that this is the way it is. Okay. Well, that, that's now, the that, now, yeah. What that's... I was going to say, the reason why I was going to go on to the reason why I said that was because obviously with Insta, you know, with Instagram and selfies and that type of thing, people are very very self conscious now of mm. putting filters. They take a, they take a photo, they'll put a filter on, and that's definitely done more by females than it is by guys that's just you know uh, guys do it but it's far more women yeah. than females that will do that okay? i mean it is a generalization but i'm guessing you know when you see the amount if, if you have a number of people it is emailing you with this yeah. you you will see who it's coming from and you yeah know, it's just factual evidence exactly that's right it's yeah not a point i guess and, yeah yeah and, and you know and, and and i mark i totally get the fact that you know we do need to be with fairness we don't necessarily need to say there's a difference between men and women and that and i get all of that but i'm just saying sort of this is what we see this is a trend yeah. that we actually see i'm yeah. not having to go at anyone about it i'm just saying that's what happens so we'll we will get emails from some people and and somebody will send an email saying hey guys i'm not happy with my picture because of this this and this very polite email mm. then some people will write an email that that literally blames everyone and anything okay um how the photographer was rude how the people that greeted them were rude on the day how they were shown no respect on the day and and it's all because they don't like their photo so they're, they're, mm. they're building up this email to this this huge complaint then you can tell they've got worked up over it and they've actually said right i'm gonna write a complaint oh and by the way while i'm writing this i wasn't happy with this i wasn't happy with that i wasn't happy with this i wasn't happy with mm. that so and and then in those messages it will say I'm going to be writing a really bad review. I'm going to write mm. a review um, if you don't do something about it. Now, regardless of whether they do that or not, we don't want anyone to feel that that they're not happy with their photos. Okay, so mm. we're very, very hands-on. And you've got to remember also, there's a whole team of people dealing with this, this dedicated department that deals with all of this. So an email will come to me if it's it will come into the company if it's escalated it will come to me and i will deal with that person direct and i'll make it very personal so and what i'll do is i'll show that i am human that we're not machines so mm. i will go in and and i will ask them how they are i'll ask them if they've had if if that they had a good experience at the graduation um and, and all of that and i'll say that let's let me try and do what i can to to make sure that we sort your photos out for you Mm-hmm. Once you've got to that point, suddenly the tone changes. They yeah. suddenly think, well, oh, actually, hang on. Um, you know, someone's being kind here to me. Mm. 
And I always come back to that thing about be kind. You know, that remember that yeah, phrase yeah. about being yeah. kind. I yeah. mean, it was Caroline Flack when she died. And I've mm, mentioned this mm. so many times. That whole be kind thing did not last long, did it? No, it didn't. You know, no, it didn't. You uh, just got to look at Twitter or, uh, or X, if it's now called X, isn't it? But uh, And that's one of the things that just, uh, that uh, things don't really wind me up. They don't get to me. But the whole be kind thing really gets to me because that's just gone completely. So mm. once you say to these people, right, okay, look, what can I do to help? I'm here to help you. And do you know what, Mark? I don't think that there's been a single instance that we've not managed to sort out. Mm. And what we'll do is we'll say, okay, what is the issue with it? Okay. And it's usually something that can be rectified really quickly. And it's mm. usually something to do with maybe the maybe the final images were a little bit dark, or they want to have a look at all of the images again and they just want to choose this, they they want to reselect their image again. Fine, mm. you can do that. It's fine. We want you to be happy. When it gets to a point where we think, okay, this is not really solvable in the way that there's something that's not right, then what we'll do is we'll offer a reshoot, a complimentary reshoot, where that Mm. graduate can go to another graduation ceremony. Now, in the last two years since COVID, since last year and this year, and we've got one coming up out of all of the thousands that we do, this will be the second reshoot. (laughs) <laughs> right. Okay. That we've got coming up in September. She had a yeah. sh- picture shot a few weeks ago at an event and, and she wasn't happy with the picture. Um, we can edit things and do whatever, but uh, I, it's nothing to do with the photography. The photography was absolutely fine. Technically there was nothing wrong with it. She just doesn't like the way that she looks. Mm. We don't have to do what we've done by offering her a complimentary reshoot, mm. but we're doing it. And yeah, and, and it happens, okay. Um, and I'll give you an, and people another instance. And we were at the at at uh, a graduation event recently where a graduate came up to me. She looked a little bit sort of stressed, and she said to me that she wasn't happy with the photos that had been taken by the photographer. And I said, "Look, just tell me why." And she went on to explain to me that she gets very stressed. She gets easy. She feels under pressure very, very easily. And I felt really sorry for her. And she was being mm. very, very genuine. And she said to me, "I didn't know whether to say something." So I said, okay, look, let's let's just hit reset and start again. And what we'll do is we'll get you your photos, we'll get you to another photographer and get your photos taken again. Yeah. And that's really and that's you yeah. know, and, and, and that's what you should do. Yeah. And, um, and and I said to her, what do you want to have, have you got have you got your family? Have you got your family with you? Um, and bring your family in for a photo. And they were more than happy. You know, we, we'd rectified mm. the situation there and then. It it wasn't a problem at all. Okay. In other words, we, we fixed the situation and this is, I think what I've gone in a long, a roundabout sort of way to say that you've all, that customers, if they're not happy with something, they have to give the people that they've been, who say, who provided the service, the opportunity to say, let me see if I can help you with this. Mm. Let me see if there's a solution because usually, usually the solution is, is an easy fix. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, it's it's just on those instances that where, where where you feel you've done everything and they're still not happy, you will get those people. The, the question really asking is how do you deal with it in, on an online forum mm. where lots of people are going to be reading it? Yeah. Um, and let's say you did all of those things and they were still not happy and still wrote a bad review. What do you do with that review? Okay, do you so, know what I mean? Would you then write a reply for everyone to read and say, "Well, actually, yeah. no, this happened, this happened, this happened. We tried to do this. You didn't want to do that. Blah blah mm. blah blah blah." Um, and now this is where we are. 
Um, because as I say, back in 2008, when I wanted to reply to that review, I just, cause I just thought it was grossly out of order. Mm. What, you know, I, I was said, no, don't do it. It's just going to yeah. cause more bother. Yeah. Um, but I just felt, I felt it was unjust. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think from sort of what had the way I would be was if, if I had something to complain about, if I was something that I wasn't happy about, I wouldn't write a review online. Okay, I'd go to the people first, which is what I'm saying. And I yeah, think, but let's say that's all been and, done. Yeah, but no. So what I was going to say was, I think, and I think that's what most people do. But there's a certain mm. type of person that will just vent straight away. Okay, so they go ahead and they write a bad review. They've not contacted you in any way. You've just read this review online, mm. and you thought, oh god, what's going on here? Okay, so the different ways are: yes, you can write a reply and 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 explain yourself. Okay, mm. now when you and and I've seen hotels do this. I've seen hotel managers write, you know, I'm sorry you, you, you weren't happy, but, you know, and normally what they'll say is, in my, in most cases, they'll say, if you'd have told us at the time, we could have done something about it. Mm. Okay, so that's one thing, okay? Yeah. Now, what you have to be careful of in your reply is it's very easy to open yourself up to something else, mm. okay? Without, with, and you've got all good intentions, but suddenly you've written something that, that they – that that not just that particular person, but it, somebody else could be reading it and and mm. and and is thinking, oh right, okay. They might take something that you've written the wrong way. So mm. what I would personally do in this situation, I'm really thinking about it now. If I was put on the spot, what I would do is I would contact that customer, and I would say, look, I've read the review online, which is really disappointing, but I want to try and help you. What can we do to fix? What can we do to solve this? Let's be sort of fairly certain that you, we would be able to fix it, you know, because yeah. you'd know by you'd have known well before that, before a review was written, right? And then what I would do is, if it's solvable, what I would then say would be, first of all, is find out whether that review could be removed. Mm. Or then say to the the person, or what I would do is maybe not involve the person anymore because you just want to get shot of those people, mm. right? You want to sort it out and get shot of them and never see them again. Right? Mm. Um, let's be honest, right? And then what I would probably do is go into into the review and I would say that I'd write a general comment, wouldn't say anything that's gone, and say that um, I wanted to respond to this customer and I've been in direct contact with this customer. Um, uh, the customer raised an issue and between us we solved it and the customer walked away happy or whatever right okay. you know it would phrase better okay and it was left like that and then say look we really care about customer service um and it and customer service is at the, at the most important part of what we yeah. do and everything it's it you know it's at the forefront of of what we do as a business and then i would leave it at that um mm. so i'm not ignoring it you can ignore it um I know somebody, I'm not going to say who it is, going back a few years ago, mm -hmm. had lost touch with this person who ran a company. I won't say what sort of company it was. Um, his service, he was very good at what he did, but the service he provided was very hit and miss at what he did. Mm -hmm. And he started to get some bad reviews, and justifiably bad reviews as well. Yeah. And what he then did was he came off of social media altogether. Just he just mm. completely shut his social media stuff down, so he completely ignored everything that was going on. So he's burying his head in the sand. Whereas the first instance I would do is I would email the people. And I'd say, look, you know, I do want to sort this out for you. Mm. What can we do about it? And then sort the review out. Like then sort the. I, I, I think. I think. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, all that is that. All that is fine. I, I think the, the worry is if you feel you bent over backwards for someone and they're still not happy, what you do. Um, yeah, I think then, you know, I, I, I think as far as the online review is concerned is 
um, again, I would probably be honest and say, look, we've tried to rectify the situation. Yeah. Um, you know, let's just say that we offered the we offered the person a reshoot, or we offered the person to to rectify. The customer um, didn't want to, you know, uh, you know, decided not to um uh continue with it or whatever mm. um and so you know we we offered the customer uh, a full refund and if we didn't have to i'd say we didn't have to do this but as a goodwill gesture mm. we decided that this was the best for all relations this was the best thing to do and being yeah. a professional company it's important to us that you know mm. so there's still ways of killing it in, yeah in, in the right way um but people have to read in between don't they reviews you know you yeah, can buy, you they know, don't know do they <laughs> yeah buy a product review a product and you read on an amazon and you read 10 five-star reviews and then you see that one star review and you yeah think, oh my god that's yeah, the one that's that keeps it. and you go back and you go oh, back that's and, it that's yeah. the that it's that bad review and that's why we're, we're mm. all sort of held hostage to the possibility mm. of a bad review yeah. and i think Although, don't get me wrong, I think having having that sort of customer justice or, you know, a way for a customer to, mm. you know, make a company to account, I think is very important. And Yeah. But I, I do feel sometimes that you're right, you know, this thing could have like hundreds of five-star reviews, but it's just that one bad review and yeah, that'll exactly. put you off. Yeah, and the power, right. the power yeah. of that bad review. Yeah. And, and when it comes to the graduation stuff, you know, it, you know, it's, it's messed my day up at times. Yeah. You know, and you can't get it off your mind because you know that there is nothing wrong with what you've done and the service mm. that you've provided. You just know a thousand. You just know. Well, just knock the mic over. You just know <laughs> a thousand percent that what you've done is absolutely fine. The photos. There's nothing wrong with the photos. You just know that this customer is going to be a difficult customer. You yeah. know, for whatever reason, that people there are people out there that are like that, mm. um, and you have to deal with it, and you take it personally, uh, and it's it's not very nice when it happens. Um, it's a personal thing what we do, isn't it? You know, it is a very personal thing what we do. Uh, yeah, you do, it, it's hard not to take it personally when yeah. when, when people yeah. do that. Even you know, and don't get me wrong, if it's something, I mean, I always, especially my family photography, you know, there's certain things I have in place to make sure that. I can rectify anything mm. before it even becomes a problem. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do have a length of time for when people's products are back from the lab. Yeah. I state that um, that length of time, knowing full well, actually, it'll probably take a lot less than that. Yeah. But it gives me time to, to go through those products and make sure I don't spot anything. Yeah. Because if I do, I can yeah. send it back and then it comes back still within the time yeah. that I've told the customer. And yeah. then if everything's fine, I've just delivered it early and that's, you know, yeah, um, so exactly. there's a lot of things to do uh, with yeah. that. But as I say, I have come across things in my career, whether it's not just my freelance, but you know, yeah. but, you know, when I was working with companies, that I just felt some reviews are just, yeah, you know, the whole this business is a money making machine. Well, of course it is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly, and, and yeah. I just feel like, yeah, sometimes when you get that unjust review, you, you yeah. feel hostage to it, and there's nothing you can do about it, and it, yeah, that's it right. rattle me a little bit. But yeah, that's right. They're few and far between. To be fair, they are. They are. Yeah, they are. That's right. Yeah. Good anyway, story. I'm feeling thirsty. Yes, let's grab a drink. Yes. All oh, right, that feels better, Mark. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, now. Um, when a photographer um, buys his or her kit, um, you know, you're, you're, you're looking to buy the right cameras, you're looking to buy the right lenses, 
you know, buying the right tripods, you know, it's something that's within your budget, you're trying to buy the best that you can, but you need to make, but you're always making sure that you've got the right equipment. Mm. Now, when it comes to studio work, those photographers out there that do studio photography, whether it's family portraits, whether it's uh, product photography, whatever it is, you know, and you're, and, and you're working in the studio and you're using studio, uh, studio lights, um, it's important that you know how to use those lights. Mm. You, know, uh, you know, I've seen it. I've seen photographers who who have worked in studios who who don't know anything about lighting. They've just bought some lights and and hit and hope, and they'll watch a few YouTube videos and they'll go from there and uh, that type of thing. But specifically, rather than the actual lights themselves as having having the, the right kit, I wanted to talk about light meters and flash meters. Okay, mm. and the importance of having a flash meter for studio lighting and knowing how to actually use it mm. and the difference mm. it actually makes. Yeah. What are your knowing, thoughts on that, Mike? Well, knowing your kit generally, um, this, I mean, this one about says not about a light meter, but I remember I was trying to use a Nikon camera and I couldn't get this thing to do what I wanted it to do because I'm a Canon user. And I, you know, I was looking through all the menus that I couldn't get it to. I hand it over to you and you go, <laughs> oh, it's here. You know, <laughs> even though you're now using Canon, you knew mm. your Nikon stuff inside out when you were using yeah. it. Yeah. And if it was a Canon camera and someone handed it to me, I'd probably be able to do the same. Yeah. And that's about knowing your kit and, mm. and light meters. I mean, light meters are pretty simple things, really. Uh, they are. Um, yeah. I mean, you stick it on the flash setting with no cord uh, or cord if you're still syncing, but you yeah. know, most people yeah. do it with a trigger now. Yeah. Uh, you, pr- <laughs> you press a button, do the lights, and you read the thing, and you- there you are. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not difficult. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I've... I'm I'm worrying about sounding like old man shouts at cloud here, but I do find that when I've interviewed people for studio photography, um, whether it was in my venture days or, you know, I I help out uh, another independent studio as well as my own, you know, and I'm, I do, I do help with the interviews and go through the studio with them. And, you know, you think that they, they don't, I mean, these are people who have not necessarily fresh from uni, uh, you know, they've probably been to uni maybe it's a couple of years after uni and or, or college or whatever it is, and and they don't know how to use things like light meters. And I, I find I find that perplexing because I had my own light meter when I was at uni. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, I knew how to use it. I, I definitely knew how to use it. And um, I do worry about um, what people are being taught. Um, I worry about, you know, the fact that, you know, we do have digital cameras. Um, things do seem a little easier because, you know, we, we can see the pictures straight away. We're not reliant on film and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it's easier to make a mistake and, and rectify it because you see the image straight away. And, and maybe that's the reason. But, you know, when I find people coming out of colleges and uni and they don't know how to use a light meter, I'm I'm kind of a little bit perplexed, especially if you want to go into the studio um, area of, of the industry. Yeah. It's a simple thing you need to know about. It is. And you said it's one of the simplest things to use. And I know that I used, and I got rid of it a long time ago, uh, a Siconic light meter. And mm. um, it, all it had was these little triangular um, lights, I guess, that uh, lit up. And it just, it, it had it had one button uh, mm. and it had the ISO setting. So mm. you set the ISO and then you press the button in the middle, the lights flashed, you read it one way and then you read it the other way and you balance your lights up. It was the mm. simplest thing to use. Honestly, mm. I could, I could, I could, I could teach a 10 year old how to do it and use yeah. it very, very, very quickly. Okay. In fact, the um, new ones, that were the newer ones, yeah, are a lot easier than the old school light meters. I mean, yeah. 
The ones yeah. where you have to turn all the dials and stuff. I mean, you don't even have to do that these you don't days. Even have to do, exactly, that's right. Yeah, things have changed. Things are so easy, but people don't know how. People don't even seem to think that they need a light meter. This is one of the things that, uh, you know, is is surprising when, when you've got studio lights. Um, yes, I agree in the sense that when we were shooting film. Which is just what I was saying, wasn't it? Yeah, the, that's uh, right. The film and digital. You know, it was, it, of- yeah, you needed to, when you, when you shoot a digital, I mean, if I was doing a shoot and I didn't have a light meter, it'd be fine. I wouldn't panic. I, I, you know, I could see what I've got on the back of my camera. Yeah. I could work it out and, I, and I'd know what I was doing, but it's because I know my equipment. So mm. I would know that, oh, hang on a minute, that flash power is like, you know, uh, it's it's three points above the one on the the one on the right. It's mm. three points above. It's firing three times higher or something, whatever. And I want to balance it up. I, want, I need to move it back. I need to move it left. Or I want to get a little bit more of a, more of a highlight. I haven't got my light beta, but I mm. know that by reading point one on, on my right and by point, reading point seven on my, on my left is going to give me that. And that's mm. from experience. That's knowing it. And that's, but that's, that's because I know the light meter. So I know yeah. what's, what's happening. So I can work without a light meter. Mm. Um, but, but to use it and to be sort of, uh, and familiar with it is not only going to give you the best images, the most flattering images, but it's also going to make your post-processing easier as well. well as I always say, I always say that, you know, as photographers, we should not be spending, unless you really want to, you need to spend as little time as possible editing um, than then you need to. If you're on a shoot and you're spending a lot of time editing because the job justifies that, that's fair enough. But you don't want to be doing a shoot where you're spending most of your time editing and none of that editing time has been paid for. And the only reason why you're editing is because they've not been shot properly. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, uh, it depends on what, in a studio. Yes, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah we're talking um, about studio yeah, stuff studio. here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the, the comments that I used to get when I was training people um, and I was working for that well-known family photography company. Hmm. Um, one of the comments I, was, I got is like, yeah, but I, I see you just put it on that setting on the light. So I'll just do that. I don't need to worry about using the light meter because, you know, for the the, the flat fashion lighting that they used to use, it hmm. was simple. And, you know, fair enough. It was supposed to be like that. So you could move the light and didn't have to constantly be remetering. But I was like, no, 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 no. You need to learn how to use a light meter because you're not going to be working here forever. You might know in this studio that at that light at that point is going to be at that setting. But in another studio, if you want to recreate it, how are you going to recreate it? If you don't know how to use a light meter, you're not going to be able to do that. You know, and I was always very much of the opinion, I'm trying to train you as a photographer, not necessarily a photographer for this studio. You need to know how to use a light meter because, like I say, you need to be in another place. And you need to be able to go pop, 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 and 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 sort it all out with all the different light readings. You don't know how many light setups you need and all that kind of stuff. And just understanding it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, you said you had a Sekonic. I've my light meter I bought in, I think 1998 or 1999. Mm. Still going strong. Yeah, that's right. I've got uh, this economy meter somewhere, and it's still going. I've I've had that. Yeah. I must I must I've had that for thirty years. I reckon it's yeah. still going. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, a bit of an investment at the time, especially when I was well, eighteen, yeah. nineteen at the time. Mm. It was what yeah. about? Well, this is the joke. So you have the Sekonic one, which is about one hundred and twenty quid. Right. Yeah. This this one, which was uh, Shepherd Polaris. Uh, at the time, I think it was about 80 quid. So it's a bit cheaper and was actually more accurate than the Sekonic mm-hmm. at the time. It was, yeah, I'm sure, a, tenth, yeah. it was a yeah. tenth of an F-stop rather at the yeah. time the Sekonic was an eighth of an F-stop. Yeah. Um, and 
Yeah, and I've used it. It looks like something out of the 80s, I have to say. <laughs> it's not the most well-designed as far as uh, how it looks, but yeah. it does the job. It's very, very good. In fact, I had um, uh, I, was, I was helping someone uh, uh, set up the lights, and I was doing it with my meter, and that person did it with his meter, and uh, there was a difference in, in the lights. Um, and I was oh, I was worried because my meter is... <laughs> I'm very old. I thought, yeah. oh no, maybe it's the end of my meter. And then we actually got someone else to use their meter, and theirs was saying the same as mine. So yeah. I'll have to say, I love, yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing. Though, Once you bought it, they'll last. Different different meters will probably give you a different reading. So you you're so you know, there, there is a case of saying, well, okay, which one is right? But mm. the thing is, it's going to get you as accurate as you can be in your situation, mm. and then you get to know your lights because mm. you know. Uh, I can't remember which camera it was. I think it was a D4S, but I always worked when I had the Nikon D4S, I always had the exposure value of that, the EV reading mm. on minus half to minus one. Yeah. I always felt that every shot that I did, no matter what I did, it overexposed. Mm. And so I I permanently put the exposure value down and it always gave me the best results. I mean, technically you're supposed to do that anyway. Yeah. I mean, when I was using 5.4, um, I would meter for the blacks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I know that that meter is going to make that black gray. That's right. Yeah. So, but this was, this so you was, have to, you have to yeah. stop down a bit. Yeah. This was generally every shot that I was doing though. As soon as I bought the camera, I thought, why does it seem to overexpose everything when the exposure value is on zero and whether I, uh, you know, that's if I've got it saying program mode or something, it was always doing the same and it wasn't quite mm. right. Once I go to a manual um mode i could set it and it was actually fine but back then mm. i was using the i was using the meter in the camera um yeah. because which it aren't as accurate yeah, they're not as accurate right, yeah. as a handheld meter that's right yeah but but using a meter is is important like I, I you know we're talking about flash meters here in the studio but when we talk about light meters again you know when i was shooting weddings on on medium format you know at weddings and or any any job outdoors you'd be taking a light meter reading for almost every shot you'd be doing and mm. you know you'd be doing your shots at a wedding and then you'd you'd hold the light meter you know looking at the yeah. light but then you got used to it because you could you could you could go and set a group up by the time you've walked back to what well, the camera was on the tripod back then the sun may have gone in you turn yeah. You're about to press the button and the sun comes back out. And for a period when I was learning, you'd go back and do meter readings. And it was very quick to do, but it still took up time. But then after a while, you realize I'm F8, I need to open up to 5.6. I'm mm. F11, I need to get to F16. I need yeah. to open up half a stop. I need to close. I need to hop. You just, you just, you, you get to know and you get to learn. I think too much these days because of digital is hit and hope. You know, you say to people, I think you just need to, Maybe you 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 just a tad over on the exposure, and and yeah. they'll like look at you and think, what on earth is you know what what? what oh, we can fix it in Photoshop. Have, yeah, yeah, I can fix it in Photoshop. Or, <laughs> you can fix it in Photoshop, or, can't you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, oh, is there something wrong with my camera? No, you, you've just overexposed the tad, right? You know, you should know that, you know. And uh, and mirrorless has made it even easier. It's almost foolproof now because you see yeah. what you're shooting yeah, in the viewfinder. So there's never any excuse to get the exposure wrong, you know, mm. unless you're unless you're working in the confines of you're under pressure on a job and you get one or two wrong just because you were working so Which quickly. And, right, it's going to happen. Yeah. But when you've got time and you're slowing down and you're thinking about it, you should never make an, ex uh, you know, and that's, mm. I'm talking about normal light meter readings. But just to finish off on that, we're talking about flash. I know a lot of photographers now aren't really even using studio flash. They're using LED lights now. Lighting has changed dramatically now over the yeah. years. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, LEDs are good. We use them when we're doing yeah, uh when yeah. we're doing weddings yeah. and stuff don't we yeah. um i i think it, it, it the, the idea of using a flash 
uh, studio flash on a wedding just it's just not feasible really because things move a lot quicker now and yeah. it's not something you can do um however um i wouldn't replace my studio lights in a studio with leds uh, no no because uh, you know when we do product photography you know mm. we'd never use leds for those no. i have done but mm. flash still gives me that that pop that gives me that uh depth it gives me the the it just gives me that spark uh, also you can uh, control the different types of lighting yeah. when you want hard yeah. lights soft lights yeah. uh barn yeah. doors and, and all those kind of things yeah, which right, yeah i guess some leds you can do that now yeah. but it's yeah, not really right, the yeah. same but learn how to use them get yourself a light meter as well don't go out and buy yeah. studio lights not buy a light meter and yeah. gradually you'll get to learn what those lights do and what readings that you should be getting and everything mm. and you'll question it if you think you need to you know we shoot a product i need to shoot that product at f22 i need to get it front i need to get it sharp front to back you know yeah. so i've got to have those studio lights up high i've yeah. got to have them you know the, the power's got to be on you know that product has got to be pin sharp all the way mm. um and you know and i've, I've come in close as well because i need to fill up the frame yeah. um so I, I know I, I know my flash needs to be high and if i've got it on power one and it's got say power 10 is the highest. I know I need to be somewhere near power 10. Uh, you only got right. to power 10, do you? Right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yes. Mine goes up to 11. 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, let's uh, let, let's uh, let's stop that one there. But yeah. flash meters. Well, I would say, though, if you're looking at a flash meter, I mean, you can't go wrong with a Sekonic. I think Sekonic's a great light meter. I'm not too mm. sure if you can buy mine anymore um, because it's, really really old um but yeah just have a good look around the Sekonic I mean is is, is the general one to use I think so uh, so that'd be all good yes. anyway drink okay. time yeah let's grab a drink okay profile pictures Mark uh when was the last time you updated your um LinkedIn profile picture well yeah the LinkedIn one's probably not a good example because I'm <laughs> use linkedin i've got a, i've got a thing there so if anyone has messaged me on that and i haven't replied it's not because i'm being uh <laughs> like antisocial or anything well i just don't i just i just don't go on it um yeah it's probably been pre-pandemic i think mm. I, i'd suggest that because i think i've got one on my uh, gmail account as well and that's pre-pandemic um the hair is a bit grayer since then so i probably need to sort it out <laughs> i um I, I can't remember the last time I used LinkedIn. Uh, I know how important it is. I know how valuable it is. Um, I don't have, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, it's that classic of don't have the time to use it. You know, um, it's just, it, it's, it's a good thing, but uh, but it's also a bad thing in a way, you know, because mm -hmm. it, it is promotion. So we get, yeah. you know, and, and it is important, I think. Um, I, I can't remember the last time I updated my profile picture on no. LinkedIn. I remember where it was taken. It was taken mm. in Venice. Um, it was taken oh, check several, you out! Several years ago, it's only a close-up. Yeah. You would know, you never know, right? It's, it, yeah. it, you know, it's, All right, so you just right. had to drop it in, did you? Yeah, just so people right. knew. But yeah, okay. But it was several years ago, and um, and that was the last time I updated it. You know, yeah. and, and and that's not good now. But the importance of a profile picture for some people is is, is paramount. You know, I mean, mm. there's a lot of photographers out there that uh, that are. That, that work as um, or specialise themselves as headshot photographers. It's hugely yeah. important for some people yeah. to have that right feeling, that right image, that right mm. everything, you know, it's got to be about it. 
And it's like, you know, it's like the passport photo. Mark, you know, the, I don't know why so many people get so paranoid over their passport photo. Going back years ago, we used to do mm. passport photos. People used to come in our office, used to be a quick, quick service, do the photos, it's done. We don't do them now. Mm. But people, people get paranoid over their passport photo. And they do over their profile photo as well. But the importance of a profile photo, um, th- there is self-branding now. Branding, you know, when when people do say that people buy into people now and they want to know about the people. Yeah. They want to know BTS behind the scenes stuff that goes on. Mm. They want to mm. know what you look like. On our Abraxas Weddings page, we have got a team photo. Um, that needs updating. on our. It, it does. Because I'm on, on our, it and I do not yeah. fit in that suit. I'm going to tell yeah. you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> on our on our weddings, uh, sorry, not on our weddings, on our commercial page, we've just got some individual headshots and um, they need updating, you know. Mm. Um, but don't get overly, don't get precious with those, you know. Well, they do uh, say. Um, but people do. Yeah, every you three know. years you should change it. Unless, yeah. unless you do something drastic like shave your hair or, yeah. or I don't know, yeah. grow a beard or whatever it is. Um, yeah. They do say you should you should mm. change it once every three years. And is that what it is, right? Yeah, okay. that's what yeah. they say. I mean, yeah. uh, who they are, I have no idea, but I was reading an article about it um, yeah. and yeah. they do say every three years. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think maybe we should probably break down a few tips on making a good profile picture. Um, because it is important. And and the reason it's important is because, you know, if you you got something online and then you have a Zoom meeting with them or you meet them in person, if you're vastly different to your profile picture, um, it's going to confuse a lot of people. You know, you want to make sure you don't come across as a fake account and you want to make sure that, you know, you you are genuine. Um, So, yeah, you do need to make sure that your profile picture is up to date. Um, me and you both need to do it. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we definitely do. I mean, I, I remember we did because we, um, as I'm sure our listeners have noticed, we have upped our marketing game with this podcast. And uh, mm. part of that, me and Cam had to spend an afternoon doing these catalogue uh, poses which you see on our youtube channel of us looking dismayed or thumbs up or whatever it is um and that took us ages to do and i remember when we finished it i thought you know what we're gonna have to do this again at some point yeah that's right yeah um and yeah. i was like oh god i hate being in front of the camera by the way yeah. uh it's not it's not my my thing that's probably why i'm a photographer um but um yeah no it, it it does need to be done i mean a couple of things i would suggest when you're doing your profile picture um your backgrounds keep it as clean as possible so don't make it fussy you don't want those things in the background that make it busy um so a nice plain wall um or 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 you know if it uh, say sky or a landscape that's quite but, but you so see there bad. mark if, I, if you don't mind if i interrupt but yeah you see it depends does it depend what it, you know it does depend on what type of industry industry that you're in no i don't think it no? does okay because no. let's just say i was a let's say i was a, a, a finance finance director well do yeah. people want to see me sort of uh looking at a calculator right looking yeah yeah that's right yeah right <laughs> the studio, at, yeah the studio background wearing a shirt tie you know the classic uh, head and shoulders corporate type shot or or do they want to see me you know um you know in jeans t-shirt and uh, out somewhere as a real well, relaxed we, I mean, photo what, yeah. do, what do people you well, know what, again i was reading uh, up on this and um mm. you know the first thing keep the background uh 
sort of uh, not busy. They want a busy, busy. background. So, yeah. uh, you know, it could be you sitting at a desk with the wall in the background and just a chair or something like that. It, it yeah. just can't have loads of stuff happening in the background. Yeah. Talking about clothing, yeah, you don't have to be suited and booted. Um, you know, it could be just a, you know, a, a button shirt with a couple of buttons undone. It could yeah. just be a blouse. I mean, it can't be jeans and t-shirts unless I get. I guess that does then become industry dependent. If you're a professional gardener, I guess you wouldn't be necessarily in it. You know, no, just in to. a suit, you would probably be in your gardening stuff. So I guess yes, you are right. It is 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 um, dependent on it, but. Um, you know, for for us, for example, photographers, and we are a photography-based podcast, I think um, generally, it, I guess, yeah, if you're a travel photographer, you probably do need to have some elements of travel in your, in your, in your picture. So maybe, um, you know, you could have a certain landscape or something like that. Um, but yeah, you, you just got to, I think the thing is, it, it needs to be plain that the background is um, not, not busy. I think what you're wearing needs to be suited to what you're doing, but you don't have to be uber smart. I think also color wise, I mean, I'm wearing quite a, a jazzy tie today because I'm about to shoot a wedding. Mm. I probably wouldn't have something quite so busy. It'd probably be more of a plain tie. Um, and, you know, if it is a, a, a t-shirt thing, then maybe just a plain t-shirt like we did with our catalog ones we didn't want any logos mm. or anything on it you know mm. you want to keep that quite quite plain um make sure it's lit okay now you don't have to be a professional photographer to do this although hopefully we are speaking to people who are photographers in some respect so yes you could get a flash you know if you want to do your studio flash but you know just make sure you're lit very nicely next to a window you know the whole rembrandt lighting if you mm. you know that was painted by people who were, you know, next to windows. Um, so just make sure, though, that you, people can see your face. That's incredibly important. So it's got to be lit nicely. Um, and I guess just a nice smile. You don't have to do anything too crazy. You don't have to be doing thumbs up or victory mm. signs or anything like that. Mm. Um, and obviously, you know, make sure that if you, you know, you, you, if you wear a ha- your hair in a certain way, might be worth keeping it like that for your profile picture mm. um and as and you probably noticed the things i've been saying about are it doesn't matter if you're male or female or or, or whatever um mm. you know all these things are the same you know yeah it's just about being you or professional you you know and that's very important because you need to project that to your clients you need to project that to your business partners uh that's what you need to do mm. um and yeah probably once every three years which both me and Cam, as we've just discussed, aren't adhering to that and we probably need to change it. <laughs> Far from it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with everything that you've said there, Mark. I just want to just throw in, it's just like, is, is be yourself. I, I, one thing I would say is don't get too hung up on it. You know, people, yeah. do, people do get too hung up on it and they really get overly precious with it and everything, you know, I've got to have the right headshot, I'm going to have the right profile picture. You just need a profile picture. You just need a headshot of some sort because people do like to see who's, who is behind whatever type of business it is, whoever it is that they're dealing with more so than ever before. It is the way yeah. it is. But yeah. uh, okay, good stuff, Mark. All I've got to say now is please keep listening to the show and supporting us. Uh, make sure you support us by uh, watching our YouTube channel, subscribing to that, uh, our Patreon, which is all brand new, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. And again, as I said at the beginning of the show, all of these will, will be linked in the show notes. And please, when it comes to those reviews that we were talking about today, please write us a review. That's uh that that's something that we'd really love to hear from you and with that said mark and guys we will see you in the next episode we certainly shall bye for now guys <laughs>